Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. Do you know that tomorrow our country will be 246 years old tomorrow? Isn't that amazing, everybody? 246. The great experiment is what it was. It was amazing as I went back and began to say, what, what has it been through our country that's kept us? Through everything that we've been through, the wars, the Civil War, everything. And I went back to beginning to study and, and look at the, the people that actually come across on the, um, on the ships when they begin to land at Plymouth Rocks. How the, 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 the purpose of that voyage was all about freedom, the freedom of religion. Is that those early settlers wanted to go to a place where they could worship God and have the separation of church and state. And that meant that the state didn't tell them how they could worship it was prayer that got them across that voyage. It was prayer that got them through those first years. Matter of fact, we have the uh, Thanksgiving meal every Thanksgiving, every uh, uh, November because of the rejoicing of those early settlers in this country. And they were giving thanks to God because he had answered their prayers. He had responded. Not only did God answer those prayers in, in the first year, but the years leading after that, that were, or actually that were coming after that, we have so many noted days of, days of prayer that were called for days that we need God's favor, so they would call for a day of prayer. Many times when there would be a threat to them by, you know, the Indians or whatever, they were afraid and they would pray, God help us. They would pray during times of drought when they didn't, they weren't sure their crops were going to make it and they were going to have food to eat and they would pray and God would send rain. One particular time in prayer that I, mean, that I read about in our history that I did not know about was what well, day of prayer was called in, in 1746. There was a guy that was an admiral, Admiral Danville. He was, a, he was of the French and he, had, he was leading his troops, a, a navy actually of 70 ships and 13,000 troops on these ships. And he had one endeavor, and that was to wipe out the colonies that from he was going to start in, in uh, Boston and work his way all the way down to Georgia. That was his plan, to wipe out these colonies and take the land from us. And when that, began to, when that plan began to develop and he, then he had launched his great navy into the sea, again, the greatest of all, all time up to that date, all of a sudden the governor of Massachusetts called for a day of prayer. And as he called for that day of prayer in October, it is said that they went to the meeting house and there was a pastor by the name of Thomas Paine who began to pray a prayer and it sounded just like this. This is what he said. He said, Lord, send thy tempest upon the water. Scatter the ships of our tormentors. And it is recorded in history that that day something amazing happened. That as they began to pray because this attack was inevitable and they would be wiped out, that all of a sudden the church bell where they met 
and they were praying. All of a sudden, the bell began to ring and nobody was there in the steeple ringing the bell. It was because the wind began to blow and it became stronger and stronger and stronger until it became of hurricane force. And it, that hurricane force wind hit the oceans and right where the ships were at, it, over 2,000 of those French soldiers lost their lives. The ships were all in disarray and they all went limping back home. And Mr. Danville lost his life in the sea because God fought the battle for America that day. Even before we was a country, God did that. Can we give God a hand for answering prayer, everybody? It is through prayer. It is, it is through prayer that God has done what we cannot do as a nation. The reason that we're still here is because people like you and I still believe in the power of prayer. And what God has done, I thank God for our military. I thank God for it's the best in the world. I thank God. But I'm going to tell you, the greatest force America has is the power of prayer. Amen, everybody? Amen. It's the power of prayer. In Psalms 85, we find that the psalmist is writing because he's asking God for revival again. You know, the, you can read the history of Israel. It's like the history of America. Is that every time that they would draw close to God, God's hand of blessing would come down on them and he would bless them. And it was, it was like, man, God's favor was all over them. But then when they turned away from God, God would withdraw his hand of blessing. The enemy would come in every time when God withdrew his hand of blessing, the enemy would come in and overtake them. And so at this time in history, they're praying again because they said, God, do it again. They're praying, God, bring your favor back. We're turning back to you. And this is what it says in Psalms 85. Look with me. He says, you showed favor to your land, O Lord. You restored the fortunes of Jacob. You forgave the iniquities of your people and covered all their sins. You set aside all your wrath and turned from your fierce anger. Would you read those three words next? Let's read them. Ready? Come on. Restore us again, O God, our Savior, and put away your displeasure toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger through all generations? Will you not, would you read those words, revive us again? Let's read them. Ready? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? And that is exactly our prayer today. I would like for you to say this statement with me. It's coming up on the screen. Let's say it together. You ready? Come on. Here it comes. Revive us again, O Lord. Let's say that again. Revive us again, O Lord. Revive us again. If we're going to, if we're going to survive and we're going to thrive as a nation and, and we're going to be around, you know, and if Jesus were to tarry another couple hundred years, if he were to do that, if we're going to be around, then we have to have God revive us. We have to have revival again. A revival simply means that a turning toward God and, and having a God consciousness again, letting him direct our paths. And so today, the only way to have revival is to pray for revival. We have to pray for it. Listen, prayer always precedes revival, everybody. You know, people's lives don't change until we begin to pray. You know, when, when we work, we work, but when we pray, God works. Amen, everybody? And so today I want to give you three things from this psalm of how that we can pray for revival. And I hope that you will take them to heart and I hope that you will act on them as well. 
The first thing I would say is this, is that we have to pray for God to open our ears spiritually. You may want to write that down. Pray for God to open our ears spiritually. Look at what he says in Psalm 85 and 8. He says, I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Man, that would be revival right there if we could hear what God is saying. He goes on and says this, For he speaks peace to his people and to his saints, but let them not turn back to folly. Again, Jesus picked this up in Revelation. In the last book of the Bible, look what Jesus said. He said, He who has an ear, let him hear what the, who everybody? Spirit says. What the Spirit says to the churches. You see, listen what God is saying is that I want you to listen. I'm trying to speak. But if you listen, God is speaking all the time. All the time. It's just that we don't listen most of the time. Amen? You say, you say, he, says, he says, I want you to listen. Now, what is God speaking? God is always speaking to you and to me what he wants us to do. And he's always speaking about what he doesn't want us to do. Amen? So it's always, I want you to do this or I want you to stop doing that. Let me ask you a question. Right now, while we're in this moment of, of sort of being quiet and being still, what is God asking you to do? What is he's asking you to do? And then let me ask you this question. What are you doing that he's asking you to stop doing? When you answer those two questions, your life changes drastically. And that's when you really begin to listen is when you act on what you hear God saying to you. So what is it God's asking you to do? And you know, at SEC here, we begin asking this question all year, the question that many of us know. Do you know the question I'm talking about? Does anybody know the question I'm talking about? What good can I do today? When you ask that question, all of a sudden you begin to engage your life for the good. The next verse, he says, is Psalm 46.10. Look what he says here. In Psalm 46.10, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. Do you know what God has been trying to say over the last couple of years? Through all that we've been through, all that we've been through with this pandemic, you know, it's amazing how we've come to, we, we were in the pandemic, we've been through many uh, tensions and through our communities and so forth, and, and we've been through financial hardships, and now we, and we're in a war. I mean, it's like it just never ends. We move from one tragedy to one tragedy to another tragedy. It seems like, you know, it just doesn't end. You know what God is saying? Please listen to me. That's what God's saying. God's saying to you and I, please listen to me. I want you to listen to me. I'm trying to talk to you. Please listen to me. Well, as we keep going through these difficult times, God is trying to get our attention. Amen, everybody? And as God gets our, he's saying, listen to me. You know, be still and listen to me. I don't know about you, but I'm one of those kind of people, when I'm talking to someone, I want them to, I want them to look at me. And my wife, Rhonda, is a, she's a multitasker. I mean, she can do 15 things at one time. It's amazing how she can do that. And I'm trying to talk to her, and she's running off. She's going all through the house. I'm trying to have a conversation. And finally, I just stopped. She said, what? What's wrong? I said, I'm trying to talk to you. You're not listening to me. Yes, I'm listening to you. And she can just tell me everything I just said. I don't know how that happens. I can't do that. But still, even though she's hearing me, I want her to look at me and be still, right? And the same way God does with you is be still and know that I'm God. 
these words that we're saying, I want to say them and I want you to say them. Revive us again, O Lord. Would you say that? Revive us again, O Lord. Revival. We need revival in our hearts and we need revival in America. Amen, everybody? We say, you know, we're so divided as a country. Well, listen, the only way we'll ever be united again is that we become one nation under God. Amen? It's, it's not about our political label. It's about our label as under God as one nation. When we follow him, we will be brought together. And that's the purpose of Christ is bringing us together. The second thing I would tell you is this. The second thing that we pray for for revival is this, is pray for our nation to turn to God and away from sin. Oh boy, that's a good one right there. Look what he says. In verse 8, he says, I, again, I will hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people and to his saints. But notice this last part. But let them not turn back to folly. In other words, don't keep turning back to sin. Can I tell you something? Okay, I'm going to tell you something right here. It has a potential to change your life. Here it is. Are you ready? So come on, come on. Come up close to me, everybody. Here we go. You can never talk your way out of or excuse your way out of. Uh, you can never talk your way out of or excuse your way out of something you keep sending yourself into. Let me say it again. You cannot talk your way out of or excuse your way out of some, a problem you keep sending your way into. You can't do it. If you keep sinning, if you keep turning against God, doing what's wrong, you can't keep making excuses for it and expect to get out of it. No, the wages of sin is death. It will take you down, everybody. Amen? Yeah. And if you, that, that might be something you want to write down right there. You can never excuse yourself out of a problem that you keep sending yourself into. You just cannot do it. We have to repent from that, turn from that. Look at the next verse. He says this. Actually, Jesus says, instead of Jesus, from then on, Jesus began to preach. He repent. He, he preached this. Repent of your sins and what, everybody? And turn to God. Did you see that? Repent and turn to God. Repent and turn to God. For the kingdom of heaven is near. God is saying, my blessing is right beside you. But if you're turning and walking away from it, you're never going to get it. To repent means, you know, repentance is a military term. And that means, that means to do an about face. When you say, repent, it means to turn. And Jesus says, repent and turn. He was doing a, a double meaning there. Repent and turn. I'm trying to get the point across is what he was saying. Repent and turn. So that means if you're walking this way and God is that way, is that repentance means that I'm going to stop going this way and I'm going to turn this way. See, too many times in our nation and too many times in our own lives, we think repentance is this. We think saying, oh God, I'm sorry for doing that. Forgive me for doing that. And we keep walking towards sin. See what I'm talking about? Repentance is no. It's like saying, God, I'm sorry, but I'm turning as well. I'm turning toward you. And when you turn from your sin and you turn toward God, not only do you turn toward God, but you turn toward the favor of God and the blessing of God. And the blessing of God is right there. And many of you are saying, you know what? I want to be blessed by God. Well, you've got to turn toward God. Amen. We, we can't expect to be a nation that is blessed by God if we keep walking away from God. No, it's when we turn and we return to God that his favors comes down on us and he blesses us. And not only us, but our children and their children as well. Amen, everybody. Amen. The blessing of God. 
Zechariah 1 and 3 says, Therefore tell the people, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Would you read those three words out loud? Let's read them. Return to me, declares the Lord Almighty, and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. Turn to me. When we turn to God, he returns to us, everybody. That's the message today. That's that's the message that we have to hear is that we cannot, we will not be a great nation if we don't have a great God and we don't depend on him and we don't turn to him. Every time, that's what's got us to this point. It's God's favor because along the lines that people have learned to get on their knees and call out on God. And the only reason that we're still here today is because the church continues to call out on God. Amen, everybody? You see, the world hates the church. Why, why does the world hate the church? Because when we live righteous and we turn to God, when they look at us, they see how bad they are. The church is a conscience of the world. And the church is always going, the world is always going to be at war with the church. Why? Because we represent God and what is right. Listen, if I want to do what I want to do and I don't want to feel guilty about it, I can't get around somebody who's doing not what I don't, what, what I know I should not be doing. Amen? Did you understand that? Because I didn't. <laughs> I had no idea what I just said. Thank you for your amens, though. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Like, you know, the, uh, like the person is, that's righteous, they're trying to do what's right. And you want to do wrong. And so every time you get around them, you feel guilty, right? And so what you want to do instead of get stepping up and doing righteous like them, you try to talk them into doing wrong. Isn't that amazing? Haven't your friends done you that way? Like they say, oh, you're a goody too. She's, oh, come on, man. You, you can, it's okay. You can, come on. You, you know, you, God doesn't expect that out of you. And what they're trying to do is pull you down to where they are because they don't want to step up to the righteousness that you're living. And that's what the world does. The world doesn't want to step up here. It wants to live down here and pull you down. But that's not what we're called to do, is that we're called to stay up here and call them up to where we are. Amen? That's the righteousness of God, everybody. And that's the life that God blesses. And when you and I decide that, that no, 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 we're going to stay up here with Jesus no matter what the world does, no matter what they say, what they call us, no matter what names they, they, they try to throw at us, no, no matter what they do, they're not bringing me down. Why? Because I'm going to stay up here with Jesus Christ. And when we stay on our knees before God, we can stand before men and women and we can declare righteousness of God. Amen. It's called repenting, everybody, returning to God. And that's what will save our children. It's what will save our nation. It's what will save our grandkids. It's talking to God and turning to God and declaring God. So today, the prayers, revive us again, O oh Lord. Revive us again. Give us the miracles of the past again. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you an opportunity because you will never be free until you have Jesus Christ reigning in your life. Matter of fact, the Bible says it this way, the Son of Man will set you free, and whoever he sets free is free indeed. And I want to declare it to you today. Would you bow your heads with me right now, everybody in the room and those watching online? Because there's people in this room today that you've got to get freedom from Jesus, and you need it from Jesus. So right now, just pray this prayer. You don't have to do it out loud. Dear Lord Jesus, Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins. 
save me. I need you to save me, Jesus. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Can we give God a hand for all those people that prayed that prayer? If you pray that prayer today, listen, we have this card we love for everyone to fill out. It's called our connection card. But on the back of it, it says, I pray the prayer to become a Christ follower. We want you to check that box so that we can pray for you and that we can pray over you and send you some information to help you on your journey. There's also another step I'd like for everybody else to take a look at right now. And it says this. It says, I will do my best to pray for our nation to turn to God and away from sin. I hope everybody will check that box. And by the way, when you put this card in the bucket on the way out today, that means that your family's going to be prayed over because we're not a church that just talks about prayer. We're a praying church. Amen, everybody? We're a praying church. The third thing I want to share with you is this, is that we want to pray for revival, is that we want to pray for the unity of, in our community and our country. Amen, everybody? Let me tell you something, the number one, you know, the, the tool of the devil is division. The tool of God is unity. Amen? When we're united, when we're united, nobody can stop us. But the great tool the devil uses is to try to divide us all. In our homes even, not just, not just in our community, but in our homes as well. Look what the psalmist said. He said this, love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness, peace, kiss each other. What was he trying to say? He said, love and faithfulness come together. When they come together, it brings righteousness and peace. We will never have unity in our community until we have love and we become faithful to each other. Amen? That means that you got my back and I got your back. Isn't that awesome to feel that way, that we got each other? I want to say something to you right now that's going to have the potential to change your life and, and bring peace. How many of you in this room say, Pastor, I'd like to have a little more peace in my life? Anybody besides me? All right, I'm going to give it to you. Ready? Here it, is. Here's it. Here it is. Here it is. Is that the moment that you decide that you're going to raise the bar on what it takes to offend you, and you're going to lower the bar on what it takes for you to forgive others, that's where you'll find peace. Amen. Did you hear that, everybody? If you walk around with a chip on your shoulder and you say, well, I just dare somebody to knock that off, you know what? Go ahead and see if you can make, go ahead, go ahead and make my day. Go ahead, go ahead and make my day. Well, let me tell you something, your day's going to be made because somebody's going to do it, right? And some people get out of the bed in the morning looking for that, and they will never, ever have peace. You know what? And they'll try to rob everybody else of their peace. But what I've decided, what I hope you decide, is I'm going to raise that bar. They're not ruining my day just because their day's ruined. They're not ruining my day. Is that you're not going to, I'm not going to be so easy to be offended. And I'm going to love, and when you do offend me, I'm just going to go ahead and forgive you immediately before you even ask. Amen? And when, right in between that gap right there is your peace, and I hope that you will learn that and practice that. Amen, everybody that's peace and that's where it comes from look what Jesus said Matthew 5 43 and 44 he said you've heard it was said love your neighbor and hate your enemy I'm all about that I mean when you read that don't you go okay that's right they hit me I'm hitting them back I got you I'm with you Jesus but he doesn't stop there he said you've heard it said now look what he goes on and says this is a part that I struggle with but I tell you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. Now, come on, somebody. Look at me. I know I got a lot of angels sitting here today, you know, all these angels. But isn't that hard to do? 
When somebody's cussing at you and fussing at you and accusing you and, and going on social media and blasting you, isn't it hard to say, well, I just love them? I just love, oh, I just love them so much. No, you don't want to say that. You want to say, let me tell you about them. Right? Right? Okay, y'all better wake up right now. I, I know you. <laughs> I know that's right. Hit my car, I'll spin you out. But here's what I've learned. See, here's, here's a lesson. It took me a long time. I didn't get it. I'm like, God, how can I love them? Lord, I, wanna, I don't want to love them. I don't, I, don't, I don't like them, God. I, matter of fact, I want to get them back. But here's what I learned. When Jesus said, love your enemy, he didn't say feel good about them. He said, you didn't even have to like them. And there's a difference between loving and liking. See, liking means I sort of feel it. You know, I feel it. Oh, it feel, I feel good toward them. See? Loving is not that way at all. Love means that I'm, biblical love means that I'm going to do good for you no matter how I feel. Did you hear that? Love means that I'm going to do good towards you no matter how I feel. In other words, I'm going to do good towards you. So that means that even I may not like you, but if you're in your car and it's on fire, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to pull you out of the car. I'm not going to say, well, you idiot, you, you should have done. No, no, no. I'm going to pull you out of the car. That's love. That's what Jesus did on the cross, everybody. He didn't like the people that were spitting on him. He didn't like the people that were beating him. He didn't like the people who were saying crucify him. But he did, well, guess what he did? He did good for us no matter how he felt, right? He did the good. He didn't like them all, but he loved them. And that's what he does. And that's what we do. We love. And man, it changes everything when you begin to love. Look what the psalmist said here. Psalms 8 and 12 he said, the Lord will indeed give what is good, and our land will yield its harvest. The best days of America are not behind us. They're ahead of us, everybody. Did you hear that? They're ahead of us. I, do you believe that? The best days are ahead of us. You know, our, our children today don't believe that, but I'm telling you because we believe in prayer and we're praying, revive us again, oh Lord, revive us again. We believe that God can move and will move, amen? Let me tell you something. Right after, the, right after the American Revolution, the war, we hit a low time spiritually that you don't hear a lot about. All those colonies on the, on the eastern seaboard, you know, we were trying to expand through the territory like Ohio and Kentucky, and that was called the frontier. And it was such a low time because it had been such a struggle through the war people's spirits were gone. Matter of fact, even their belief in God had begun to fade. And it was like, we believe that there's a God, but we don't believe he really cares a lot about us personally. It got so bad that, that in this frontier land of, in Ohio, in particular Kentucky, it got so bad, it was called the Devil's Den in Kentucky. There was a place there called the Devil's Den. It was called Logan County, Kentucky. And there was a but God had another plan. He didn't, he didn't want evil to take over. It was so bad in Logan County. It was called the devil's den and there was such lawlessness, lawlessness there. It was horrible. And anybody that tried to stand up for righteousness, they'd burn your house down. It was like wicked was prevailing. But God called a Presbyterian minister by the name of James McGregory who believed in revival and he said, if, if we'll just pray, that if we'll pray, prayer always precedes revival. If we'll just pray, God will give revival. 
And he believed this so much that he moved his family to Logan, Kentucky. And there they were in the middle of all this hideous, this lawlessness, and people did not want to hear about God. And he got the people, he got a few people together and said, will you pray with me? Every morning when the sun rises, if you'll pray for 30 minutes. And when the sun goes down, if you'll pray for 30 minutes. And on the third Saturday, we're going to fast and pray. We're going to believe God for revival. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And the, and the people that were wicked got more wicked. They, they tried to burn the churches down. They tried to lock the man out of his own church. They come and they put padlock, they put chains around the doors and locked it and dared him to go inside and because they'd pray the man of God come and stood on the stairs of the church and and the crowd come to hear and preach because they thought what's going to happen to him now and as he began to preach it's recorded in history that behind him were those doors with chains on him and locks on it and all of a sudden nobody around the dock locks but the locks fell off the chains and the chains fell off the doors with nobody around God himself came down and unlocked the doors of that church. Revival began to happen. It spread. That was in 1799. It was called the Second Great Awakening. All of a sudden, God began to move all through the land. Camp, this is where the term camp meeting began to happen because it was such a great crowd that they couldn't contain them in buildings. They come and camped out for days and weeks. This revival spread all through the land. And that would begin in 1799. And guess who was born in Kentucky during that, during that revival? A man by the name of Abraham Lincoln. What I'm telling you was it was through that revival that God began to break the hearts of men and women in America. And you know that we know that, that the Civil War ended in 1860-something, but I'm telling you that God began to, to end slavery right there in that revival. That was what, what it was. It was Abraham Lincoln's parents who got a part of that revival. And God began to move in his family and brought, across, brought, brought the end of slavery because of that great revival. I cried, revive us again, O Lord. Revive us again, O Lord. Revive us again. Amen, everybody. God is years revival. Matter of fact, that was such a historical, mo a historical moment that we have a marker now. It's called the Red River Meeting House. Here's a picture of it. You can find it in Kentucky right now. That revival was marked. I want to move you on from there. In the early 1900s, again, America was struggling again. And 1900s, like 1901, God sent a revival to California. It was a Zeus Street revival where God began to speak and the, the Pentecostal movement began to sweep across the land. Again, after World War II, we went through another dip spiritually. Right after the war was over, communism looked like it was going to take over. And God poured out His Spirit again. The people of God cried out. And we, God sent a revival. And that was the year that, that we began to have on our currency in the 1950s was stated, in God we trust. Why? Because God had poured out His Spirit and revival hit America again. It was that in those years in the 1950s that God had in the, we had put in the Pledge of Allegiance. We are one nation under God one because revival came to America again every time we get to this spiritual law when the church gets on their knees and prays God sent revival after the Vietnam War if you look back it was one of the lowest times in American history where it was so crazy I mean, you can look back and some of you lived through it it was horrible and matter of fact Time magazine even declared that God is dead in America God is dead 
because we were so spiritually bankrupt. But the church cried out and the church prayed and the God, God heard our prayers. And that's why in the early 1970s, you look on Time Magazine and it says the Jesus Revolution. That God, God sent revival to our nation again. And I want to tell you that that Jesus revolution has affected all of us. Because during the 1970s, in that Jesus revolution, there was a woman that worked at the General Assembly Motor Plants that was here in, in Atlanta, Georgia. And she began to pray and she saw God and God birthed in her to start a, start a Bible study in her home and because of that revolution that was happening and she started a Bible study in her home and God moved in that Bible study and it grew and it grew and finally they said, we got to go to a building and they went to a building in Forest Park, Georgia and there the church was started and it was called the Forest Park Church of God and that was, that's been in the 1970s, almost 50 years ago. And I want you to know today that we sit here today at Stockbridge Community Church because we are, that is our church, everybody. That's where our church was birthed at, out of the revival of the 1970s. We're here because God said, revive us again. The people were crying, revive us again, oh God. Revive us again, oh God. Revive us again. I want you to know today, that's my prayer. Is that I'm not going to leave. We're not going to leave this world when my time is done and without a revival. I'm going to be on my knees crying, God, revive us again, that the next generation can know the power and the Spirit of God, that they will know, that they will say, if it all started at Stockbridge Community Church because our parents and grandparents got on their knees and cried out for God. Amen, everybody. Revive us again, oh God. Revive us again. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net and click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.